Hey there, I'm Sandra McLemore, and I have trekked both the globe and the travel industry for over 25 years. From my first steps as a travel agent to my exciting career as a travel TV host and contributor on network news and morning shows. And now, coaching over 42,000 travel entrepreneurs. Guys, I've seen the highs and the lows of what it means to market and sell travel. Whether you're taking your very first steps in the industry or scaling up to reach amazing new goals, perhaps feeling a little bit adrift and looking for a compass, you, my friend, are in the right place. In each episode, we're going to learn from stories that inspire, strategies that work, and conversations that dive deep into the heart of starting up and scaling a travel business. Fasten your seatbelts, stow away your doubts, and prepare for takeoff. This is your boarding pass to the Travel, Marketing, and Media Podcast. Today's episode of the Travel, Marketing, and Media Podcast is a super special one because today is Q&A day. You have Q's, I have A's, you're about to hear some awesome questions from our travel advisor community, and I'm going to give them all the answers they need. Okay, so all of these questions actually came from our recent season or recent uh, experience for Website in a Weekend. And if you don't know about Website in a Weekend, you have to find out. Go to travelmarketingandmedia.com slash website. Basically, everybody turns up virtually, empty-handed on day one, and they leave at the end of day two with a website. Now, some people are ready to connect their websites immediately. Some people take a couple of days and some people take a couple of weeks to kind of put some finishing touches on it. But this time we had over 50% of the group, and it was a huge group, that actually connected their website within the week. So that's super cool. Some people, though, got a little caught up on some of the strategy because they are lacking clarity, have a little confusion, and that's totally okay. But what we offered them was the opportunity to ask questions that I would answer on the podcast. And before I go any further, yes, my voice sounds terrible. Unfortunately, in the wintertime, I sometimes get hit with bronchitis or intermittent asthma. And so it's just been one of those weeks, there might be a cough or two, but I'm not down for the count anyway. So let's just jump straight into it. First question is from Kimberly Smith. And Kimberly's question is, does it make sense to include Caribbean destinations as well as Italy or Dubai? Or do I need to niche right down to Caribbean? So this is a really easy question for me to answer, not even knowing Kimberly or her business. The answer always comes back to what it is you are focused on selling. And I have said this so many times, I think I need to do a whole nother podcast episode just about this one point that I'm about to make. You only need to have six to 10 focused suppliers on your list. You don't need to have any other suppliers because if you have a niche in the travel industry, whether it's honeymoons, weddings, river cruising, ocean cruising, celebration travel, land tours, whatever it is that you want to family travel, whatever it is that you want to do, you should be able to get everything that you need or 90% of what you need from between six and 10 
focused suppliers. So how do you choose those suppliers? Well, those suppliers are the suppliers that hit three, I guess, check three boxes. Number one, they pay great commission. Number two, they have a great product or service that your clients will love. And number three, they really care about you and your business. They want you to grow your business. They want you to make money. So my suggestion for you, Kimberly, and anyone else out there who's always wondering, like, am I niched enough? Am I not niched enough? What destinations should I be marketing? What experiences should I be talking about? Always align the answer to that question with your goals for your commission. So if you have eight suppliers on your list, I want you to write down the commission amounts next to them, like the percentages, then ask yourself, how many trips do I have to book or how many clients do I have to have? How many bodies have to go on this cruise or to this resort in order for me to hit my sales goals, which will give me this commission? Now, obviously, these numbers are before expenses and before tax, but that's the most important way to do it the best way to do it. So if you look at your list, Kimberly, and you have on your list a combination of suppliers that don't all focus on the Caribbean, some of them do Europe as well, that's not a bad thing. What you need to make sure then is that you ask yourself, are these the six to 10 suppliers that I want to focus on? And if all of my sales came from this six to 10 and I hit my goals, would I be happy with the amount of money I'm going to make? And if the answer is yes, then go ahead and start looking at all of the different, the variety of destinations and experiences that you can offer your clients with those six to 10 suppliers. And just make sure on your website that you're being very open about the variety that you can have and that you don't have random things. So if you say you're specializing in the Caribbean, but you have Italy and Dubai, that would make no sense. But if you say that you're specializing in adventure travel, culinary travel, travel for empty nesters, then it's not niche down into the Caribbean. The only time that it would be weird to have Dubai or Italy in your marketing and everything else is Caribbean is if you say that you are a Caribbean specialist or if those two destinations were not of interest to whoever it is that you're trying to sell travel to. So I hope that that helps. Um, Let's go down to our next question from Nadine, Nadine Chan Dunkley. And Nadine's question is, well, Nadine's question is very specific to Wix and we use the Wix platform. So I'm going to have my team reach out to Nadine directly to be able to get that um, answered for her. All right, let's find another question. And I like this question. This question is from Michelle Wix Cipher. And her question is, where do lead magnets fit onto a website? And how do we drive people to lead magnets in the first place? Love, love, love this question. I actually have two podcast episodes. I'm going to put the links in the the numbers of the episodes in the show notes, but I want you to check out this one episode about what a lead magnet is. And secondly, if your lead magnet's not working, if you're not getting new email subscribers consistently and frequently, then what you need to do in order to figure out what's broken and fix it. So for those of you who don't know, a lead magnet is a great piece of valuable content. It could be an audio recording, a podcast recording. It could be a video. It could be a checklist. It could be a PDF. Doesn't matter the format. 
but what matters is that it's super relevant. So one of my favorite lead magnets of all time is one of our VIP clients, and she specializes in luxury travel, but specifically in river cruising as one of a couple of different areas. And so she has a lead magnet of 45 destinations that you can visit on a river cruise that you cannot visit visit on an ocean cruise. Now, she promotes that to ocean cruisers. And of course, that to them is really like, oh, wow, what am I missing out on? Like they immediately have FOMO. And I know until I took my first river cruise that that would have been something that I would have loved to have opened. I've been on over 600 cruises having worked on board <laughs> for many years, but then also started cruising. And I feel like I've been to almost every de- cruise, ocean cruise destination on the planet. So for somebody to say, you know, what is, um, for somebody to say what is like a really good, um, like uh, for someone to give like a list of river cruise destinations to ocean cruises that they've never heard of before, that's a pretty cool lead magnet. What's not a cool lead magnet is 10 things to pack in your carry-on or how to pack the perfect suitcase for Japan in spring. That is not something that the majority of people, even your ideal client, would find helpful enough that they would give their email address. So it's definitely really important to make sure that your lead magnet matches the needs of your ideal client and it absolutely has to match what it is that you're trying to sell. Again, if you're trying to sell honeymoons, for example, and you want to do luxury travel, four and five star luxury travel, and your preferred suppliers or those focused suppliers are four and five star resorts, then you definitely want to have a lead magnet that's going to lead you into people wanting to learn more about that. So an example might be, um, here are 15 things that you didn't know that all-inclusive resorts are offering, or here are 10 incredible all acts, all inclusive resort amenities that luxury travelers love. Because what that does is a lead magnet like that is going to, for example, a lead magnet like that's going to make someone who is interested in all inclusive resorts be like, oh, what 15 amenities, like new amenities to the market or trending amenities in all inclusive resorts, that then is going to make me say, hey, I want to I want to know about that. I say at all inclusive resorts and it's going to make me then want to know more. What do you have to offer? So the where does it go on your website? Your lead magnet has to go directly under the fold And under the fold refers to the part of your screen that you can see when the website first opens. What comes underneath that is called under the fold. Basically, that term under the fold comes from newspapers back in the day when you would would get your newspaper, you would lift it up and it would be folded and everything that were, that you could see would be above the fold until you opened it out and opened it out and it would be under the fold. And obviously above the fold is prime real estate. So on a website, you typically want a really like engaging image as soon as you open a couple of words and for people to know that they're in the right place. Then right below the fold, you want to have your lead magnet. So it's got to be really quick, really early. And a lot of people also like to do what's called light boxes or pop-up boxes so that regardless of what page they entered into on your website, because remember, people might come 
onto your website and the homepage might not be the first page that, that, that they hit, the first page they arrive on, depending on how they got there. And so you always want to consider like if someone comes in on my services page or someone comes in on a blog page because someone shared a blog with them, that they are going to be able to see that lead magnet. So you want to have it in as many places as possible or the most valuable places that people are going to see it. Now, I love the second part of the question, how do we drive people to the lead magnets in the first place? That, my friend, is a pure marketing tactic, and we call that a top of funnel tactic. So top of funnel is really about driving as much traffic as you can from strangers and turning those strangers into email subscribers. So that's what every business wants. Every business who's trying to grow and make more sales and get more clients wants to find as many strangers as they can and turn them into email subscribers. Because when you can find a stranger and turn them into an email subscriber, it means that they've given you the first yes, the first thumbs up that they're interested in you. They give the email address or phone number, and they're basically saying, here's a direct line of contact to me, start sending me information. So how do you put yourself out in front of strangers? Great question. You have to devise a full game plan. Just in the same way that a football coach or a basketball coach says, this is going to be a play-by-play of how we're going to win the game. You also have to do the same thing for your business. You literally sit down with a blank piece of paper or a blank screen and say to yourself, where are the type of people that I want? Where do they hang out online, offline? And how do I insert myself into that situation? You know, I always liken marketing a lot to dating because marketing is all about putting the product or the service in front of the right audience. Dating is about putting yourself in front of the right kind of partner for you. So you have to know what it is that you're looking for before you start dating. You have to know what kind of partner you want. With marketing, you have to know who your ideal client is, who is the type of person that you would like to work with. And then like-minded people hang out in similar places. So for example, if you are working on increasing the number of leads for honeymoons or anniversaries, you would be wanting to target couples. So where do couples hang out? Well, couples, the first place that you'll find them is in their wedding preparation. So if you want to get them super early and get them in for a honeymoon, you'll find them in communities where weddings or marriage is the key topic. So anyone who who is having a wedding or is in a marriage is the type of person that you can sell either a honeymoon or an anniversary to. So podcast episodes for married people, uh, Facebook groups for people who are planning weddings or who are married. Those are all pla- those are both places where you can find couples, and couples are your ideal client if you're wanting to sell honeymoons and anniversaries. The other thing that you can do is that you can run ads targeting that audience. So many different tactics. And I think this is definitely another episode that I can do an entire episode on how to put yourself in front of your ideal client and how to find your ideal client. But I definitely encourage you to take a look at Travel Marketing Revolution. That's our signature online course. Anyone who's ever had trouble finding clients and has taken that course has gained so much clarity because you have to do the you have to do that foundation work on who your ideal client is. 
and what they have in common and where they hang out. After that, it's like knowing where the fish swim, what bait am I going to use? What, um, what kind of bait and tackle am I going to use? And then how am I going to fish? Where am I going to fish? Because that's what's really going to help you to bring the traffic in. Also, I definitely recommend that you check out episode 20 of our podcast. It is about traffic and conversion. And it's how to know whether or not you have a traffic problem or a conversion problem. And lead magnets definitely are a great solution for the traffic problem. Okay, so that's a, that's a little bit of basic information on lead magnets, where they go on your website, and where you can promote your website. I love this next question. It's from Laurie Threat, And Laurie's question is, what are the top three things that you would do to drive traffic to your website? I love that question. I'm actually going to answer it as a business owner myself, not what I would do if I was you. And I want to talk to you about how I drive traffic to my website. So one of the main things that I do to drive traffic to my website is that I go to where my ideal client is. My ideal client hangs out in Facebook groups. My ideal client hangs out at conferences and events. And my ideal client is part of communities and groups of other travel advisors and agents and agency owners. So I target all three of those areas. And now I have to ask you, where did you hear about me? Because chances are that you either heard about me from somebody else who is in one of our communities. Maybe um, you saw something written in a Facebook group. Maybe you attended a conference that I was a keynote speaker or an MC or a breakout session speaker or a moderator or a panelist. Maybe you um, saw an ad on Facebook for one of my podcast episodes. Those are the main ways that I drive traffic. So at the beginning, at the I do my planning for the following year in September and October, and I look at all of the conferences that I would like to speak to, and I get invited to conferences these days, but in the beginning, I didn't get invited to anything because nobody knew who I was, so I had to reach out, and I would look at all the conferences that I want to go to, and I would reach out and say, hi, I noticed that you're having a conference, and this is the audience. This is something that I can contribute to that audience and I would love to speak. And I have to tell you that I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in the last six years traveling to conferences, doing virtual conferences, paying for trade show booths, all of those things to put myself in front of my audience. Now, my brand has made millions. So spending hundreds of thousands to make millions was totally fine. And obviously, you're not going to start out paying hundreds of thousands and neither did I. But I did make that first initial investment. I got on a plane. I flew to Vancouver from Los Angeles. I walked up to, I bought a ticket for a conference and I walked up to the conference organizer and I said, who is now a friend, and I said, you don't know me, but my name is Sandra McLemore. I'm a great speaker. I would love to give value to your conference by speaking on these things. And she was like, I remember her asking me, she's like, who brought you here? And I didn't really understand the question. And I said, oh, Air Canada. (laughs) That's who I flew. And she said, no, but like, why would you just turn up to talk to me? And I said, I think that you probably get a lot of emails. And I thought that I could establish a better connection with you if I showed up. It showed you how much I was 
interested, how keen I was. I would get to know you, your organization, your event today. I could participate. So I bought myself a ticket. I invested in two nights of hotel, no, three nights of hotel. I couldn't even get the advisor, like the industry rate because I wasn't entitled to it. I paid rack rate at a JW Marriott. And I went to the conference and I put myself out there. And guess what? She did. She booked me for her next conference in Toronto. I had to pay my airfares. I think they provided my hotel. I had to pay my airfares. I put together my presentation. I went, I did a presentation that gave value to her audience. Her audience were the same audience as mine. And how did I get their email addresses? Well, she didn't give them to me. I told the people in the audience, if you want my slides, drop your business card into a bowl at the top, at the front of the room at the end, and I'll email you the slides. I'll also pop you on my email list. So if you put your card in, know that you're going to be popped on my email list and I can follow up with a Q&A session or an additional training after you get home. And I think maybe I got like 45 people on my email list and then I did it again and I got another couple of hundred and then another couple of hundred and I started building my business that way. One of my first engagements was a virtual webinar and it was literally me talking about things that would help the audience And then at the end saying, hey, if you want to get my PDF, I didn't have slides. So I just said, I did a PDF of the key points that I've talked about today. If you want that, email me. I'll pop you on my email list so that you can get more stuff like that. And I'll send them to you. So you have to ask yourself, who is my audience? If your audience is destined, if your audience is honeymoons, like we said before, what kind of collaborations can you do with any kind of business in the wedding industry that is earlier in the pecking order in the food chain than you. So you know that brides and grooms book venues, they book photographers, they buy dresses before they even look at honeymoons. So how can you partner with a wedding photographer? How can you partner with, you know, um, a venue? How can you partner with whatever? Like, could you go to a wedding venue and say, hey, can we do a collaboration event once every quarter where I'll do a presentation on top 20 destinations for your honeymoon and anniversaries and we host it here at the event and it's kind of like an open night at the event. So something along those lines is how you need to start thinking. And it is an enormous amount of effort. There's also a lazy way that you can do it. You can run Facebook ads. You can run Facebook ads to your website, but you can't just be like, visit my website. You have to have a great piece of content so that people who have never heard of you before, never seen you before, will see your brand on an ad that you targeted them specifically. So maybe you targeted people who have been to Italy in the past 12 months because Meta allows you to do that. And you say, hey, if you've been to Italy in the last 12 months, maybe you would be interested in a different kind of vacation to Scandinavia because, you know, if they've traveled internationally in the last six months, here's another idea. And so you might run ads to them and say, here are 15 bucket list destinations to help you get over the, you know, the sadness of just being home from vacation. Here's 18 more destinations to add to your bucket list for 23, 24. So A couple of different ways of doing it there. Definitely events. You can get dozens, if not hundreds. Sometimes I get thousands of email subscribers from one event. You can run ads and you can also do collaborations with like-minded brands. 
So I hope that those questions have helped you. Um, I will come back in another episode soon and answer some more questions, but I'm really glad to have been able to offer this opportunity to our website in a weekend clients that they can get a little bit of coaching from me um, by being able to submit in their questions and I'll finish them off in another episode soon. But whatever you're doing today, make it align with your goals. Start looking at your sales goals. Start looking at your commission goals. All of the marketing is activity to help you get to your sales goals. So make it align. Make it make sense. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I will see you soon in another episode of the Travel Marketing and Media Podcast. Bye for now. If this podcast episode resonated with you and you'd like to hear more, head over to Travel Marketing and Media dot com slash podcast to get notified about new episodes and also listen to any that you may have missed. And if you'd like to ask a question about this episode, you can send it there for me to answer on a live Q&A. We'll see you in the next episode.